We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Chargers Analytics with Arjun. We just had the Chargers play the 49ers. Unfortunately, they did lose 15 to 10. But I am here to tell you that anything you watch, especially on the offensive side of the ball this past Sunday, really doesn't matter. Okay? It doesn't. And to me, I think you really have to understand what the Chargers are doing. They're not playing any important starters and on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. And they gave Easton Stick a chance to play with the first team, right? And even then, guys like Rashawn Slater, Corey Lindsley, and Brian Bulaga weren't playing, right? So try to understand that most of what I'm going to talk about today is, is not overreacting too much about what we saw. And, you know, the stick, the stick hive or whatever uh, Chargers fans call them, uh, they came out on Sunday, especially since Daniel had a really, really bad performance. And I'm going to go over this. But you have to understand this, right? The QB2 position, position battle is honestly one of the least worrisome things that we have to look forward to. And it, it really should be a no-brainer. Like Chase Daniel should be in this role regardless of how he plays in the preseason. Why? Because number one, he's a 13-year veteran. Number two, he's played and practiced in Joe Lombardi's offense and number three he's regarded around the league as one of the best quarterbacks at breaking down film that's why he was with Drew Brees that's why he was with Matthew Stafford right and now he's here to do the same thing with Justin Herbert now in the at the end of the day right this team's record starts and ends with Justin Herbert so if Justin Herbert gets injured And regardless of if Stick or Daniel are on the team and are playing, if Herbert goes down, the season's pretty much over. It is. It's the same thing with, you know, guys like Aaron Rodgers. It's the same thing with maybe Patrick Mahomes, but Andy Reid is one of the best head coaches in the NFL. So we like, they don't really have to worry too much about scheming stuff for uh, who is it? Chad Henney over there. If Justin Herbert goes down this team, ultimately will likely fall apart so again the focus on this qb2 battle shouldn't be how they play with the second team offensive line the third string offensive line and receivers like michael bandy and uh, john hurst 
the focus should be how are they going to help Justin Herbert get better? How are they going to help the offense prepare for the game? Because God forbid they don't see a single snap <laughs> if the game is if the game is close. Because again, Justin Herbert is the key to this entire operation, and without him, the Chargers are pretty much nothing. So um, let's go into the data that we have for this week. Again, I'm not going to make this too long, especially since it's a preseason game. And, uh, you know, I think my last video is kind of was around like 19 minutes, which is a little bit too long for the preseason. So start off with the uh, QB comparison. It's not overreact again, but, you know, here are the, here are the stats. Chase Daniels PFF grade 49.4, his EPA per play. Uh, negative 0.422. Remember, if you don't remember what EPA is, it is it stands for expected points added. And it is one of the best measurements for QB offensive and defensive play because it takes into account that not all yards are created equal. So that was Daniel stats. Easton Stick had a 57.4 PFF grade and a 0.05 EPA per play. So Stick was way a little bit better than Daniel um, when it came to a QB performance yesterday. People were like, I know some people were like, you know, why is Sticks grade so low? Well, he didn't really do anything impressive other than that, you know, nice uh, touchdown pass to Palmer and the nice and the deep ball to Guyton. He he wasn't really making a lot of reads. And the touchdown pass to Palmer, I, I believe, was his first completion to a receiver at the time. So, you know, that's ultimately what the QB stats look like. Again, I don't want to dwell too much on it just because uh, in the end, it doesn't really matter with the, because Justin Herbert is going to be playing, you know, week one, hopefully through week 22 now because of the Super Bowl. Yeah, 22. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry, let's go into the breakdowns. Let's start with the team tiers. Um, so, I labeled it preseason two, a week two team tiers, but this encompasses week one and week two stats. So, we can see Chargers were slight, are slightly below average. NFL average uh, through the two weeks when it comes to offensive EPA per play, but they are above average when it comes to defensive EPA per play allowed, uh, which is a good thing. You know, they are playing a lot of a, a lot of young guys on that defense, especially along with the defensive line. I mean, that defensive interior, I think the entire team is on rookie contracts. Um, so it's good to see that they are performing at a pretty solid level. Um, we're going to get more into how I thought about the defense a little bit later. So if we let me able to go forward yet. So we look at the, the offensive breakdown through two weeks. Um, not that good, to be honest. Like they have not been performing at a high level, but again, they are missing their top two receivers, their star quarterback, their star center, their hopefully reliable right tackle. Um, and you know, the offensive line has been a mess. If you listen to the live pod on Monday, uh Steven, Alex, and Tyler talked about Trey Pipkin, Storm Norton. They just haven't done a good job of stepping up to the plate when they're presented with the opportunity to. So ultimately the offense hasn't looked great, but I'm going to get, I'm going to show you guys something in just a little bit to show why we shouldn't really look too much into it. So the defensive breakdown, like I said, it's been really good. And especially, you know, I think people looked at some of the running stats, like, Oh, the 49ers ran for like 130 yards or something, but the run defense ultimately was pretty good. It's just, you know, it's the small carries do add up here and there. But giving up three, four yards in the run game is better than five or six yards in the pass game. So, again, Staley's whole uh, defensive scheme is built around stopping the pass. And they don't have, you know, their premier edge rusher. They don't have their uh, premier safety 
Uh, Michael Davis has been playing. He hasn't looked too bad. I think he had a, a holding call on Ayuk yesterday, but uh, hasn't looked too bad. Asan, and now we talk about the defensive performance yesterday. It's encouraging to see that the Chargers uh, had two interceptions, but both of them came off really bad throws by Garoppolo and Lance. And, you know, I think, I think what was encouraging, though, to me is it looks like the Chargers actually have some ball skills in the secondary. I mean, there's been so many times where we rank at the bottom of the turnover chart because no one like knows how to play the ball. And it seems like they're always dropping interceptions. So Asante Samuel, one of the biggest strengths uh, for him coming out of Florida state was his ability to make plays on the ball, whether it's interceptions or pass breakups. So uh, encouraging to see him make a good play on the ball, even though it, it he, you know, um, I think it was Ayuk. Ayuk was open in that scenario, but uh, Asante recovered well and made a pretty solid interception. Um, so now let's go to, let's go to the offensive line breakdown. And, you know, what I said is true. Like the offensive line has been pretty bad. <laughs> we rank in the bottom left quadrant, which is bad run blocking and bad, bad pass blocking. We're measuring this with PFF grades. I know, I know, you know, PFF grades aren't the end all be all, but it is one of the only ways, especially in the preseason to look at offensive line performance. And even, even without the PFF stats, I mean, you just walk, put on the tape, it's, pretty bad on how uh, the Chargers depth at the offensive line position has looked. I think the only real guys you can count on now are Brendan Hymas, Scott Questenberry. Um, and honestly, that's about it. Right. Hymas and Questenberry, the swing tackle spot, I would give the edge to Norton, not because he's been good, but because he hasn't looked as bad as Pipkin. So, you know, the, the remaining two or three uh, depth, Offensive line spots are going to be really crucial. You know, Tyree St. Louis, uh, Ryan Hunter, Pipkins, Norton, like they're all going to be competing for a spot. Um, and they definitely need to get that right, especially with, you know, the injury history that some of the Chargers offensive linemen have. Now, what was I talking about when I said, you know, the offense doesn't really matter? Well, if we go back here, this was a study done by um, one of my colleagues here, Timo Riske, who's one of like the smartest uh, football minds when it comes to, like integrating math and football. And I know some, some of you might not want to hear it, but he did a really interesting study, which looked at, you know, how offensive um, play calling translates from the preseason to the NFL season. And there are some coaches and some play callers that do give away the most during the preseason. Now, to me, what I've seen, it doesn't seem like Joe Lombardi is showing his hand, especially since Chase Daniel and Easton Stick are probably running a completely different offense than what Justin Herbert will get to run. You know, Stick and Daniel don't really have the same deep ball accuracy that Herbert does. They don't have the ability to make plays on the run, be able to stop on a diamond throw a dart with like on a sidearm. None of them have the physical abilities that Herbert has. So whatever you're seeing in the preseason will likely not translate to uh, the regular season. So if we look, you know, we take a look at like Sean McVay, right? Sean McVay's offense during the preseason was vastly different than how we attacked it in the regular season. Part of it could be due to Jared Goff not playing at all during the preseason. McVay is notorious for resting his starters. Brandon Staley has taken up, taken this idea and implemented it with the Chargers, which I, in my opinion, think it's a great thing. You know, the less injuries you have week one, the better you'll probably be going on the rest of the season. And you'd be like, oh, what if you have a slow start? But wouldn't you rather have a slow start with healthy players than to you know, have most of the season where your star players are injured? 
right? It's, it's the opportunity cost thing. To me, resting your starters uh, does seem like the best way to go. And mind you, like going back to the Rams, Staley comes from this Rams system where, you know, you don't want to show your hand too much when it comes to playing uh, offense. And so I think Joe Lombardi's done a good job. It does seem like the offense is very vanilla with, with Chase Daniel and Easton Stick. Um, but I wouldn't look too much into it. Again, we're not here to overreact to the preseason. This is just a chance for players to show out, and some players have, right? So this is a really good study done by uh, Timo Riske. Uh, it is, uh, un unfortunately, under premium content, but PFF does have a 30% off sale right now. So make sure if you guys are interested in reading content like this, reading content that I'm going to be making on PFF and I have been making uh, to go sign up for PFF and get a subscription. Now let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks. I was the one on PFF writing the game recap for their game against the Broncos. It was not pretty. The Broncos destroyed them 30 to three. But again, it's the preseason. Absolutely no one that I recognized on the Seahawks played, especially on offense. So we're just going to go through the recap I wrote. Just take a look at some of the stats. Uh, Alex McGough, Goff, um, he had a negative 0 0.430 EPA. Sean Mannion, you know, one of those like NFL journeyman, journeyman backups, had a negative 0 0.261. So both these quarterbacks are likely to be very bad uh, this upcoming Saturday. Um, Geno Smith might play, but and he's likely to be the backup to Russell Wilson. But there really shouldn't be too much worry. Um, I would expect, honestly, these two guys to start since they don't, since uh, Smith is coming off a concussion. Um, but Goff had four turnover worthy plays, right? So if he's starting and say guys like Asante Samuel are out, uh, Michael Davis are out, Chris Harris is obviously going to be out. This is a chance for guys like Tavon Campbell, John Brandon, Keemon Hall, Dante Vaughn. They're going to get chances to make plays. Uh, Alex McGough showed in this against this Broncos defense that he will put the ball in dangerous situations. That's why he had four turnover-worthy plays. And what do you know? Fangio, who is the head coach with the Broncos, runs a very similar scheme to Staley. Or Staley runs a similar scheme to Fangio since, you know, he comes from that tree. So the secondary guys, some of the linebackers, Neiman, I don't know what's going to happen to uh, Amen, Christensen, Ben DeLuke at safety. They're going to get a chance to make plays, and this is going to be a very important game for those final roster spots. Let's look at the graphs one more time. We're going to go backwards. So Seahawks, their offensive line has been pretty solid when it comes to pass blocking. Not as good when it comes to run blocking. Um, ultimately, they are one of the bottom five worst run blocking teams uh, through week two. Look at their defense. Their defense has been pretty bad. Like I mentioned, they did just give up 30 points to the Broncos. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Javante, uh, Teddy Bridgewater in general, did a pretty good job carving their defense up. Like I said, they don't have Bobby Wagner. They're not playing Carlos Dunlap. They don't have many of their starters. Uh, and this is going to be their third preseason game. Their offense also has been pretty bad. They are resting pretty much every important guy on that offense, which is the right thing to do for them. You don't want any injuries. So defense should have a pretty good day. And they rank in the bottom left in our team tiers, which is really bad. So that brings us to the end of this episode. I want to, to remind you again, Let's not overreact to some of the numbers in the preseason. I'm only presenting them to you because I think it gives a fair snapshot of how guys performed. But in the end, for guys like Chase Daniel, they should be locked to make the team because of their experience and what they bring, not inside the game, right? We're not looking at what they bring when they're playing. This is, this is more for preparation. This is more for getting the guys ready, the actual players ready uh, when it comes to you know playing against teams with complex schemes. Like they're going to be going against uh, teams like the Ravens, a notorious blitz heavy team, right? Chase Daniel ha has his fair share of starts 
and experience across multiple teams where he's seen a ton of schemes and hopefully he should be able to help uh, Justin Herbert when it comes to looking at film during the game, before the game, after the game and things of that nature. So that's going to bring me to the end of today's episode. Uh, this is actually going to be my last episode in California. I'm moving out to Michigan this week. So all my videos will be from there from uh, going forward. I'm super excited for the regular season. I just want to get this thing started. Hopefully, you know, no major injuries on both fronts. And just, just to see how Brandon Sealy does. I mean, there's so much hype from everyone going into this season. And, you know, even this third preseason game, I mean, there are so many things to watch out for. And some of these uh, battles that we're going to be watching are going to be super important. Make sure to comment anything you want me to go over in my recaps and previews for the regular season. And with that, as always, bolts up.